So my audiobook is here. It's on audible.com if you want to get it for you or for your friend as a gift. You could DM me or email me for a promo code and I'll be happy to give those out to you. Welcome back to Midnight O2 Season 3, Episode 9. This is your host, Amy. As you saw, today's title is Trust the Timing of Your Life. I know, it's been two weeks since I last uploaded an episode, and this doesn't usually happen, but I'm here to tell you what I've gone through in the past two weeks that I'm gone, right? So I landed a new job in Seattle. Yay! Okay, so yeah, I don't make money from my podcast, at least not now. <laughs> but if you want to support me, you can. And it's link in bio. You can find it through my Instagram and on Linktree. You could go on buymeacoffee.com and type in my username, which is A-E-I-M-E-E, and support me there. It's very much appreciated. So today I want to talk about practicing gratitude, and I'll be sharing some memorable stories in between me and my friends. This season, as I started talking, was about storytelling and about myself. So this season three is a little bit personal, but I want to be vulnerable in front of you and in front of all my audiences, pretty much. There are four things that I want to share. First thing is to keep a gratitude journal. I think it's very important to keep track of the things that make you happy. In my case, I keep a journal and I write down three things every day, three little things every day to make myself happy. So let's say today would be, I did a recording, which is this episode. And the second thing would be, I was happy to talk to my friends. And the third thing would be like, I ate something nice. It's those boring, seemingly boring details that make me happy for some reason. Or something nice that happened, and you write those things down. Or maybe it could just be like, "Yeah, I got out of bed this morning." It could be something like that. And three things a day. Then you will have twenty-one in a week. It seems like a lot. Twenty-one things a week to make you feel like you're happy, you're alive. It keeps me going, you know. When days and weeks. And months, they just become together. It's so important to understand what makes you happy and what keeps you going. These are some parts of where I get my motivation from. I wanted to share that with you, right? And the second one is sharing. I think this is so important. I don't have many friends, to be honest. More like I have few friends, but they are everything to me. I would tell my close friends what I did today, what makes me happy today, and. This also motivates your friends to tell you, hey, what they did today or what they encountered. If there's nothing that they wanted to share, their moods and their atmosphere of the conversation is lightened up by the things that you brought to the table and to the conversation. I think it's so important. Sharing is caring. Yes, that's right. Just share as much as you want and are comfortable with to people you are trusted with and to people you love. And the third thing is senses. So I started to slow down for some reason. Life happens in the moment, and I try to remember that. I try to remind myself slow down and watch everything carefully. So the way something feels, 
from touch to every sense to what I see and what I smell. I care a lot and I consciously think about those. And I appreciate something when, let's say, scented candles, they make me feel really stress-free and happy. Then I would just have them next to my office table. And I like it a lot because our body remembers. It's a way to practice, oh, this is a good feeling and this gives me a good vibe. And I keep those energy within my body and it will go on. And as the more I practice this, the happier I get. This is something that sounds easy and simple, but it took me a while to get used to. And it took me a while to combine all these from keeping a journal to sharing with my friends and senses. And number four is to watch your language. Not saying that swearing is bad, but I'm saying in, in a way that watch how you describe yourself and how you describe your situation. The other day, I was having a conversation with my partner. I said, hey, do you think I'm a sad person? So sometimes I get emotional and I, I am dr- driven by all my feelings. And he asked me, he was like, do you think if a person keeps on saying he or she is bad at math, that person would probably be bad at math, right? In other words, he's saying, if I keep saying I'm a sad person, then I will be a sad person. This is what I mean when I say watch your language. You could count on the blessings. You could be like, I'm happy today because of this and this. And I think it's in the bigger scale that it makes a difference. I always believe in when you say something out loud, it goes from a thought in your brain, on your mind, to something that you can hear. And it reconfirms with your hearing when you say it. And the more you say it, the more you hear it. Yourself saying it, it becomes an action. And an action could bring an effect. I think it's a cycle that I believe in. This doesn't only apply to practicing gratitude. It's bigger to, let's say you want to start a startup or a career or something you love, or this is a class that you want to take, or even a person or a relationship that's toxic that you want to end. I think it matters when you bring your thought on your mind to something that's that you can work with. And it's very important. So I just gave a little bit of what I've been doing to practice gratitude and to be thankful of what I have and who I am. These are important and I found those very valuable that I wanted to share with you. So four things, gratitude, journal, second thing, sharing with your friends, third is senses, fourth is your language. These things keep me happy and belief in everything that I do. Here comes to the second part of my podcast episode today. So today is a little bit different because I have a lot of things that I want to announce. The reason why I named this episode Trust the Timing of Your Life is because I've gone through a lot of rejections in the past few years, including human-to-human relationships and job opportunities or just any opportunities in general. I'm always the type to go forward and keep on trying, keep pushing, trying to make myself better and trying to bring happiness to people around me. But sometimes things don't work out and I turn those feelings and emotions into writing like how you would know, right? If you're my audience, if you're my reader, you know that's how I write. And I also talked a lot about it in the previous episode on 
where I get my writing inspiration from. So if you're interested, you could go back and listen to those. Ever since we have entered a pandemic, I realized I slowed down and I reflected back on what I'm doing and how I'm doing. This year will be a very important year for me, as I am stepping into a new commitment in a relationship, and I will be keeping you guys updated with that. But I have a lot of mental preparation that I need to do. There's a lot of changes in my life. I'm stepping into a new chapter in which I'm very excited, and I want to share everything with you. I hope you stay with me with that, and. For those who know me, I don't really talk about my sadness all the time. I write about them, but I don't really talk about it because I don't want the sadness, the bad negative emotions, to be interfering with other people's lives or other people's days. But there's something that's on my mind about what defines a writer a writer, and what makes a writer a writer. Therefore, I wrote this poem and I. Posted it online on May seventeen. For those who follow my Instagram, the title is called "Sorry I Wasn't the Chosen One." I was surprised because I got a lot of messages from strangers on how they feel about this poem. I decided that I want to read about it. I decided that I want to read it to you. The title of the poem is "Sorry I Wasn't the Chosen One." How do you call yourself a writer when you pour your soul and mind out in the busiest century when technology fights with human intelligence twenty four seven? How do you call yourself a writer when your books don't make enough sales and readers cannot pronounce your name or remember the last line of your top poem? How does the world keep writers when we praise science, math, business? Law, and laugh at those who crumble and mumble just to survive with words and text. How does the world keep writers when we rely on the fame of publishers, connections, degrees, credentials, awards, and forget the essence of why they write? How do writers keep writers when you read and fully experience others, the transparent brokenness in every line? One more poem, you tell you. How do writers keep writers when all you got left is everything, and it takes everything you got to write and to be written? There was a reader's comment. She wrote, "Your pen is a great healing tool, and tomorrow it may sing a different tune." I loved it. The comment meant a lot to me. I read every single comment I receive, no matter if it's from Mandarin poetry or English poetry. It means a lot, and this is probably one of my favorites this year from all the things that I've written. And there's a different one that I wrote a couple days after that. The name of the poem is called "The Calling." The Calling. You collect the fallen petals under the thousand-year-old tree. As if they could piece together a possibility to our future, the roots, raw patterns, tissue gradients, show through the delicate, silky outer membrane, embracing with warmth, like you, 
like the spring's first raindrop. The wet soil, newly dug hole, brings forward the dotted seashell hidden in the graining sand, from the diagonal part of a crayon drawing map, paints with salt water and connects the edge of the sky to the beginning of the Pacific Ocean horizon, mixing with echo, flapping in layers of distant notes, calling the name again. Dissect one's soul in front of them. The mountain will be fair. The sea will maintain the balance. The sky and tree are the firm support. The opposite side of fear. Lead on. I personally loved the very last line, which is the opposite side of fear. Lead on. I always wonder what if I wasn't afraid. What if I try to live in the moment. With all my senses fully opened, that's when I receive full-on emotions, including sometimes sadness and happiness and joy. The other day, I was having a conversation with my friend. I usually tell stories on a daily basis, not you know, not with words, not with podcasts, but I tell them when when I talk to them on the phone. I ask my friends, "Why do you like?" Me telling stories. Why me? And my friend said, "Because you're someone who works so hard every single day. You're someone who's so hardworking to feel everything in life. Every detail you record them down with your eyes, your nose, your mouth, your heart, sincerely. And a lot of people only look back when things have gone, when things are gone, when things have passed. But you're different." Under every moment you've given that, and you've given the situation everything you've got. That's what my friend told me. I just looked at him and I said, "Wow, this means a lot to me." And he said he knew that I have gone through a lot in the past six years. There are a lot of changes on me and my personality and my perspective on the world. There were regrets. There were pain. He said those have become something to. Make me a happier person that I can bring happiness to more people around me. And he believes that my next six years, next next six years, are going to be equally great as right now. My friend also said, "Your stories are moving because you feel it with your heart. You feel every moment with everything you have." And you try to experience with the world and with everything you live in. And he looks forward for me to write down everything into novels, poems, short stories. He wants to share everything. And he said it'll be it'll be sad if I wasn't a writer. <laughs> it was for the first time I hear someone said that to me. So that was very cool. I always am thinking. That I'm so thankful for everyone around me, no matter how long I've known them or if we have spent time together or not. I feel like everyone in my life that I have encountered so far, they're necessary. And sometimes I'm stubborn to believe that there's something I want to learn and need to learn on every single soul. Every soul is unique and different, and sometimes it's me. 
who's trying to give them something. It's arranged somehow by a greater power. I believe that something I give to those souls could be the confidence to face the challenge or the courage to hold on one more day. I am still that person that is quite extreme among my friends. When I believe in something, when I believe in someone, I give him or her my everything. And when I feel disappointed, I take everything back. But I am a greedy person. From personal interest to satisfaction, I try to absorb as well as reflect. And I try to raise my bars, raise my standard to remind myself to be kind and to give the world one more chance always. But sometimes I am also doubtful. I'm doubtful if I mess up again. I'm always worried sometimes if I mess up a human-human relationship. I always try to find a balance in between how the other person thinks and how I feel and my personal principles. I want to be responsible to every relationship in my life, trying to make the best decision for everyone. If I were to be honest with you, every time someone criticizes my ability, I would listen to it. But there is something that I want to fight back. It's when people question if I'm sincere or not. I believe my biggest strength is that I'm sincere. When people tell me that they don't think I care, it hurts me a lot. I always feel very disappointed when people are not receiving my messages that meant to be kind or good. When there is a misunderstanding, I remind myself I need to clarify it when I'm used in a different way from what I wanted. I force myself to walk away. I do that. I walk away just to protect the heart that I want to make everybody happy. I don't want to waste it on people or on things that are not worth it. So I told my friend, I want everyone around me to be happy. But I think it's such a hard and difficult thing to do. But my friend replied saying that, but this mindset makes you something different. He said, that's what makes you different. You're that special person. That's why people always think of you. And my friend told me, because of me and how I treat life, he wants to work harder for himself too. So I always think to myself, all those greetings, caring, the learning opportunities and the lessons, the give and take, I want to remember everything, every detail. The warm, the kind people who love me, I'm so thankful because I'm able to use the love that I receive and interchange it to a different type of energy that I can use it to love people. And at the end of the conversation, my friend said, you're worth everything you have right now. Everything's worth it. They belong to you. All these great, wonderful things, they match so well with your heart. And I just told him, thank you, sincerely. I also thought that there was something I wanted to share with you. If possible, I have a dream that I want to write a poem for every single person in this world. But of course, 
it's a dream. I understand. Therefore, I wanted to. I often ask myself, if today is the last day of me alive, what would I do? You could probably say that I am pessimistic, but I think it's a way for me to look forward and to cherish everything I have under the moment. Therefore, I decided, in the next six episodes, in the next six weeks, I will be dedicating each episode on this podcast, Midnight O Two, to important friends and people in my life. I want to express my feelings and gratitude, as well as sharing some interesting and fun stories with you. I thought it would be great, and I haven't told any of these friends yet. We'll wait for them to find out when they're talked about on my podcast. I'll be sharing about friendships, about love, about the things that I'm grateful for, and I hope that the next six episodes could inspire you on how you look at your relationships and your friendships with people. Last but not least, I have one more thing that I want to announce. So don't leave yet. We have my audiobook ready! Yay! I'm very happy. I'm very excited to tell you guys that the audiobook of Reborn is finally ready. I read everything by myself, and it was very cool to work with a voice coach with my publisher. It was nice. I'll be going into the details of the process and how I went from nothing to an audiobook later on. But today, I want to tell you for those who pre-ordered my. Copy of Reborn in 2019 December, you will receive my audiobook for free. Yes, I promise that, and you will get it for sure. You'll be receiving an email from me on how and where you can get my audiobook. For those of you who did not pre-order my book, it's okay. You can still get my audiobook online now. It can be found on Audible.com. You could simply type in my name, Amy Shen Chu, and Reborn, and you could easily find the book. If not, I will link it down below. You could go directly to the link, and I'm giving out promo codes to the first ten people who listen to this and come to me and tell me about it. I will be giving out the promo codes, and you can use it on purchasing the audiobook for yourself or for your friends. Here's something that I wanted to share with you. I thought writing this book and making an audiobook out of it was a gift for me and for people I love, and I'll be reading a little bit about the book and audiobook again. So, reborn is an invitation to accompany me and my feelings on healing, as I remind everyone that you are not alone. And the collection of poems is in everyday language, and is designed to help a person to understand one's inner soul for the first time. And by dividing the book into parts with specific themes, Reborn is about complex emotions, unresolved relationships, and overlooked human matters. And the book is broken up into five parts. Part one is embrace moments of darkness. It discusses regret, pain, and challenges. Part two is let the light peek through. It is about starting over, a return to innocence. And part three is about say no sometimes, but be kind all times. I use this part of the book to urge everyone to be true to themselves. And part four is fight like a warrior. 
It is a reminder for those who are tired of pretending and tired of living every day the same. And part five, not the end. This is the chapter, the part that you will have to discover on your own. I loved it, and I actually used this part as a sample audio. So if you're not sure or you're still considering if you want to purchase this audiobook, you could listen to this part. There were five minutes of sample from part five, and you could decide then. So this is a book of poetry, a gift for myself, and a gift waiting to be opened by you. I hope you like it. It's relatively short. The length is only one hour and twenty-five minutes in the categories of literature, fiction, and poetry. Again, you could email me or DM me on my Instagram AHC Poetry to receive a promo code on this. And thanks again for tuning into Midnight O Two today. This is your host Amy. I hope you had a good day, had a good night today, and I will see you next week. Good night. <laughs>